0: Hello there. I'm Meg and thanks for tuning in again to the Customer Success Podcast hosted by Planhat, where we talk to leaders in the industry about their experiences, definitions of customer success and get their advice and best practices. Planhat is a customer success platform made by customer success professionals for customer success professionals, a tool that is beautiful, intuitive and powerful. This week I spoke to head of sales at Bonjuro, Aman Nathu, about how they have a sales team and a customer success team that's very much so overlapping and why they have chosen to do so.
1: That overlap between sales and customer success will get will get bigger and bigger. I think the two teams don't realize how much of the same how how much they should be focusing on the same things.
0: He also gave some recommendations from the perspective of a salesperson about how to make it so that customer success and sales can communicate better and help each other out.
1: You know, regular meetings with the right representation, and then literally having the team sitting next to each other in a way that they can overhear each other's challenges.
0: Bonjoro is all about making the onboarding experience personal by allowing you to send a personalized video message to your customer's inbox. With a product that is so customer-focused, it's no surprise that their sales team and sales process is very customer-centric. So let's get into customer success and sales with Aman. So, um, All right, well, welcome to the Customer Success Podcast. <laughs> yeah,
1: thanks for having <laughs> me.
0: Of course, thank you for being here. Um, so today, the topic we're going to get into is um, how sales and customer success can be uh, more uh, kind of joined and uh, connected and communicate better and what they can do to help each other. Yeah, um, yeah so actually, well, just to get started, though, uh, tell us about uh, yourself, Bonjoro, what you guys do there and the whole history behind it.
1: Yeah, so Bonjoro is a a video app, a one-to-one video app that helps customer success teams send personal videos right to a customer's email inbox. Um, And really what we're we're doing is we're helping CS teams, but teams in general kind of cut through the usual automated emails and actually start conversations with customers. Um, You know, we kind of live in this world where we... We get an email and we, or we get a video, we open it and view it and then we track those opens and views and we think those are great, but it's actually the conversations that we want to start with them that are really valuable. So with Bonjoro, we're trying to help teams build better relationships with their customers through video.
0: Nice. Okay, cool. And um, how did you find your way there?
1: Yeah, so funny enough, back in 2012, I had a startup of my own that was in the video space. Um, so we were doing something similar to, uh, to this, but it was more so specifically for recruiting. So sending videos to candidates or also getting videos back from candidates. Um, it was just a bit early. People weren't really ready to put themselves in front of the camera. It was just mm-hmm. kind of pre Instagram, Snapchat, people getting really comfortable with, with, you know, the camera being on their face. And so I kind of dumped that, went to join another company. Um, and I was living in Canada at the time and I decided to make the move to London and I found Bonjoro and verbate, which is our other company, uh, the kind of sister company that we have. And, um, it was just really great technology in the same space that I had been kind of really passionate about before. And, um, yeah, I just kind of t- reached out to Matt, the CEO and, and ended up joining the team.
0: Nice. Okay. Very cool. And so yeah. how is the startup scene in London though? I'm curious.
1: Yeah. So the startup scene in London is interesting. Um, so me coming from, I, so I grew up in, in California, I grew up near Silicon Valley and I then, spent the last 10 years in Vancouver, Canada, uh, which has a startup scene as well. The interesting part about London is such a massive city. I didn't realize how big it was when I moved here. Um, and so there's a lot of obviously large scale up type companies that have really established themselves, raised a ton of money, um, have big teams or they have local offices of big teams. Um, and and then you have a lot of these smaller companies that are starting to, to, start, to start up. There's co-working spaces kind of opening by the minute here, it seems. And so there's a bunch of, you know, smaller early stage companies. And there seems to be a bit of a gap between those kind of series A level companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's starting to fill with, with those kind of startups that are starting to get bigger. And, and so there seems like there's a bit of a gap at the moment. But um, I think, yeah, I think that gap is starting to get shorter and shorter.
0: Yeah, that's an exciting time to be Yeah, very. then. Yeah. yeah. Very-
1: <laughs> we have it. Actually, our team is based in Sydney. Um, the founders are based in Sydney and the founding team is based in Sydney. And then we have a London office and the U.S. office. And the kind of the backstory was um, Verbate, which is the other company that we also uh, run, Another product that we run, was we had a lot of, Matt, our CEO, had a lot of customers that were in London and New York and other parts of the world. And when they would sign up for Verbate, it was always difficult to get a hold of them and, and kind of connect with them in a personal way. So he started sending videos to customers as soon as they signed up. And overnight, the response rate kind of tripled. To the point where Matt and our CTO, Mitch, were like, we probably should build something that, that, that does this because a lot of the, those customers were actually asking for a tool that does this. So I think fast forward, you know, a few months, Bonjoro was kind of born. And, and so we still have both companies, but Bonjoro seems to be the one that kind of is is on the uh, the future of, it's, it's SaaS and it's kind of exciting. So it's kind of where we're heading.
0: Very cool. That's exciting. Yeah. All right, cool. So we'll just kind of jump into the topic now because you have this background that's in sales mm-hmm. um, and you've been working mostly in sales, but then you kind of came into um, this role that's a mixture of sales and customer success. So tell me about what that role is like and kind of uh, what your responsibilities are. are
1: in yeah. So my background has been mostly sales. Um, the last company I was at, I helped them kind of early revenue and early sales from like a seed level to series a and that's kind of where my fit was with bonjour was hey matt i talked to matt and matt was like we're looking to then scale this grow a bunch of revenue um my experience with with you know early stage to going to that series a level was really valuable and my background was was definitely completely kind of sales and i worked a lot with the cs team at the last company as at procurify um because obviously there's that relationship that you have to have and i think the nice thing about Bonjoro is that we're mostly customer success driven team. So my role, even though I'm kind of leading sales is almost split, maybe more so on customer success than it is sales. Um, we have mostly inbound signups that come to us on a, on a you know, monthly basis. We're not going out there and hunting for a bunch of leads. So it's mostly trying to nurture these leads that come in, get them through a, a, what is kind of like a, a non-traditional sales process. But it's mostly customer success-driven in that once they sign up, we need to get them to certain milestones and get them value really quickly so that we can keep them Mm long-term. So my role right now is split between, you know, handling that process of getting those signups through a sales cycle, but mostly it's on building relationships with these customers, keeping them around long-term, understanding what their needs are, you know, a mixture of support, but it's very customer success-focused.
0: Yeah, and how do you think that kind of – has changed your mindset as a salesperson a bit, having both of those roles and going through that process.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've, so it's funny. So the, in my last role, when it was when you're kind of purely in sales, you think everything is around revenue. Bringing revenue in is like, you, and you kind of get glorified with the whole team of like, here's the team that brings the revenue in for the business, which, which in theory seems like it's the driving force behind the business sticking around long-term. Um, and so my mindset prior to joining Bonjoro was, Oh yeah, like sales is the reason why you know the company runs because we can bring revenue in. But having that switch into the customer success mindset has made me realize that keeping customers is just way more important. Um, the the if you look at the math of it, like if you were to double revenue or cut churn in half, the impact of churn is so much more. So it's my mindsets definitely shift that. Yeah, sales is great, revenue is great, but it's actually not as important if you don't know how to keep it and you don't, if for a recurring revenue business, it's it's really not very useful if you can't keep that revenue long-term. So my mindset's definitely shifted more towards keeping customers as opposed to bringing in new customers.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so at Bonjour, you're, you know, the, I think the team you have, you said, is like, like sales and customer success, like oriented together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of teams have it pretty separate, where it's sales yeah. and customer success. So I guess in what ways can customer success help sales um, or educate sales on what are the right deals to close? What are the right customers to close?
1: Yeah, so I think that, yeah, you're right. The traditional, we're a bit different in that because we're, our, our product is a bit more self-convert, self-service that overlap is a lot greater i think with teams that are selling products that are higher average contract value or bigger products bigger deals they typically have that kind of gap between sales and cs they have a big sales team they have now it seems to be larger cs teams but they're but they're still relatively smaller in some cases um i think i think of it in the same way that marketing and sales works together so we would constantly kind of go back to our marketing team and say, Hey, these were the leads that were good. These are the leads that weren't good. And that's a common thing for sales to go back and say, you know, especially if you're an inbound driven business, when you're not hunting for your own leads all the time, you're at the mercy of what you get. And so when you get all these signups and they're a good fit, it's great. You're closing a bunch of sales. Um, but when you're not, you're getting these, these customers or potential customers who sign up that may have the wrong impression of what the product does. And it's much harder to close them. So it's easy for you to go back to marketing and say, Hey, these are the leads that that were really great. These ones were really, you know, not so great because they didn't have a good understanding of the product, or it doesn't it wasn't a good fit. And then marketing goes and changes their messaging around, or changes some of the, you know, turns up the dial on some channels versus others. And that's a pretty common practice. But I think what I've come across in the past is that CS and sales don't have really have that relationship. Um, it's starting to get there, but it's still pretty early on. In that, customer success can really feed back information to sales to say, hey, here are the customers that were really great here are the customers that weren't so great or the, or the closes actually that that were great and here are the closes that weren't so great. And that involves like, you know, here was, here was the pain point that you thought they had, here's the pain point they actually had, or these ones were really aligned very well. You were, you know, you were spot on. And I think the goal with that would be to say for, you know, for back of a letter, like back, lack of a better, um, uh, kind of way of saying it would be here are good customers here are bad customers. Here are good closes, bad closes. Um, I think that that then trickles back down to marketing because CS can then tell sales, Hey, here are good customers. Here are bad customers. Sales can then kind of tweak their mindset saying, here are the customers that are actually, we thought this was great, but actually this other type of customer is great marketing. Can you get us more leads like this? And it kind of goes all the way back down. Um, So in essence, like, what that relationship between sales and marketing has been. I think CS has a, actually a bigger part of that because that trickle down effect can be much greater.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like, yeah. Like having starting it from the top and just making sure that everyone is successful, like yeah. CS can provide that data. Um, and then do you have any advice for how to make this line of communication more open? Um, I know cause currently you're working where it's, you know, everyone's kind of communicating and you're doing both roles, but, um, for maybe people who are in a team where it's a bit more difficult to get that, like buy-in from the sales and marketing team, what advice do you have?
1: Yeah. So we used to do, um, at, at Procurify where I was before we used to do, I think, weekly sales and CS meetings, um, which were good and bad. They're good (laughs) in that it was, it was an opportunity for CS and sales to both represent themselves and kind of talk about you know, what their challenges were, what was good and what was bad. But it also, you know, would also would kind of end up being a back and forth of like, um, you know, we're right, no, we're right kind of thing. <laughs> and, and it wasn't, and it was, it's just kind of the nature of the business because we each have different goals. Um, sales has focused on closing as many customers as possible and getting as much revenue as possible. And their metrics that they're measured on is just different than what CS is measured on. Um, I think we switched those to like a two week, every two week um, meeting and biweekly meetings. That helped, and I think so. There's a couple things that I'd recommend. Like I would say, definitely do those regular meetings. Um, One of the things that we realized was as our teams got bigger, we kept just including everyone in those meetings, and I think that's when it got to be a bit much. Um, So I think each meeting, if you do have bigger teams, have different members who join in, or or have the leaders of the teams, and then bring some representation within the team, but not the entire teams. Um, It just gets a little bit easier to manage all the voices and all the all the opinions, And and I think everyone's opinion is great. Um, the other thing that I actually came across that was really useful was it sometimes helps to situate yourself next to a team, like literally where you sit in Mm -hmm. an office. Mm -hmm. So in terms of how a, a customer's journey flows between marketing, sales, customer success, you almost kind of want to have those teams sit next to each other in a way that they can hear each other's conversations. So I know for me, when I was, you know, heavily focused on sales and we were kind of in our own corner, we didn't overhear the problems that CS would come across. We would only hear it in those meetings every two weeks or in a handoff process, Um, which you don't take as seriously because it's not something that it seems like it's just being brought up at that moment. It's not something that you're hearing constantly as opposed to sitting next to that team and hearing them all the time, have the same issue. And you understand that you can start to overhear what their challenges are and you can kind of get a bit more empathetic towards that vice versa. You know, CS can learn a little bit from what sales challenges are. There's usually a lot of pressure on them to bring in revenue and, Sometimes closing a customer is really important to the point where you might end up closing a customer that may not be the best fit. It sounds terrible, but sometimes, you know, it does happen, obviously. And so hearing and then vice versa, like, you know, marketing being on the other side of sales, you can hear their issues. And so I think, you know, regular meetings with the right representation and then literally having the team sitting next to each other in a way that they can overhear each other's challenges.
0: You mentioned that they have, you, the teams have very different goals. Mm-hmm. Um, are there some goals maybe that could be combined or it, maybe it com- you know, makes them work together a bit more? I don't know if there could be <laughs> or what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely have a much greater appreciation for retention in turn. So I think it hasn't technically been much of a sales-driven metric. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to a certain extent with some sales teams compensating their teams based on, on churn. So if they if they lose their customer in the first six months then they get a detractor on their, on their commission, it's th- like, I'm not quite sure how I feel about those. I think coming from a sales, the sales side is like, no, I don't, want my money to <laughs> but from the CS side, I'm like, wow, that's really great because you need to be able to understand, um, what the characteristics of a, of a closed, you know, uh, of a close that, that actually would stick around long-term, um. I think, yeah, I, I think the, the metric that I would definitely hone in on for both teams to measure together would be just overall churn rate and, and then individual customers and how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the metric that can be measured on could be, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one because sales is so focused on revenue. But I think churn should be not just between sales and CS, but a company-wide um, mm-hmm. driven metric. Um, mm-hmm. I think every team has, has a play in it. Um, product, obviously, is a big part of it um, CS sales and then marketing is where it all starts. So I think Trent, if I was going to say that how you can incorporate that within the entire company and keep that as your main focus, that is what I've learned in the last year, (laughs) probably the most important like health indicator of the business. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. Um, and then, so, What are your thoughts on kind of the evolution then of the sales and customer success relationship? Um, Because you mentioned, I know we spoke a bit previously how uh, you went to uh, meet up with a bunch of customer success people and you were like the only sales guy. Um, Do you think it'll be um, like more uh, closely related in the future or?
1: Yeah, I definitely think that. So yeah, the the, kind of the backstory with that was I went to a CS meeting here in London and, um, and it was, it was really great. I was kind of really interested to hear what their challenges were. And, and it was surprised to hear that the same challenges that I had had experienced experience myself were the same challenges they were experiencing. The funny part was it was, it was kind of like a, yeah, that topic was also sales and CS and it was a lot of bashing of sales, um, <laughs> which, is, which, which I also you know, will wholeheartedly agree that there's a lot of bashing that can happen because salespeople, can, we do have egos in certain ways because of that, what I mentioned earlier of being revenue focused and you get a, kind of that glory of closing deals. Um, and so then I I put my hand up and I was like, oh, so I'm a sales guy and everyone was laughing. But I think the future of it is, I, I think CS is actually going to be a bigger driving force of revenue than sales will be in the near future. Um, simply because it's all those stats around how it's so much cheaper to keep a customer than it is to bring a new customer in. Um, I think companies are still, are starting to really understand the value of, of keeping customers longer and the, the, how much more revenue that means for them. And I think, um, that overlap between sales and customer success will get will get bigger and bigger. I think the two teams don't realize how much of the same, how, how much they should be focusing on the same things. Um, so I think the future of it is, I hope that more of those meetups will be sales and CS meetups, or the CS meetups or sales meetups are just as welcome to have both team members involved. Because I think it's just not a communication thing, and the more you can have both teams around each other, the better it is.
0: Yeah. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um, and then so uh, your team, like we mentioned before, we talked about in our previous kind of conversation, um, mm-hmm. your team is very focused on the delight phase uh, yeah. currently. Tell me about what your team is doing with that. So, and Describe delight to me because I think this is a, a phase in the customer life cycle that some people are like, okay, what exactly is delight?
1: Um, yes. So what we've learned with Bonjoro specifically is the level of unexpectedness of getting a video and hearing your name. So Bonjaro, we're very focused on one-to-one. We don't let um, our users send one video to hundred people. It's not kind of a, a, mass, uh, a mass message type thing. It's not an automated thing. It's completely one-to-one. So we kind of hook into either your CRM or your mailing list like MailChimp. And anytime you get a new customer, it pulls it into Bonjaro and then you can send them a video. And the purpose of that is so you can mention their name. And I think I sent you one the other day. So the, the level of it is that when you hear your name and you realize someone's actually recorded this for you, um, it's unexpected. And that is where the delight factor comes in. There's a difference between you know experience and, and delight and that experience is kind of expected. You, when you go somewhere, whether it's a restaurant or you're buying a software, you expect the experience to be great. And that's just kind of a minimum viable product type, type idea. You need to have that's the minimum, minimum level. Um, but delight is when you go above and beyond that. And it, you almost have to have this level of unexpectedness. So for us, what we're focused on is trying to expand that delight past just video, whether it's sending a gift to a customer. Um, I think now when you send 100 videos, you get a handwritten note from us as well. Um, if you get 500, you could, we send you a bear suit. Um <laughs> And, and little things like that, that help you, like, I I think, you know, your product always has to be great and your service always has to be great, but I think delight takes it to another level beyond that. We're actually working on a white paper at the moment um, about explaining what customer delight is, how some of the the top SaaS companies or companies in general um, are delighting their customers and everyone has a different definition of it and, and how, they, how they use it. So yeah, I'll, I'll have to send that to you so you can share it out with, uh, with maybe with the podcast or something. But it's, it's yes, really you. exciting because it's kind of a new idea and not a lot of people understand exactly what it is. And so Ollie on our team, our head of marketing has worked a ton on this great white paper. So we're going to release that soon.
0: Okay, I'm excited for it. Do you have any little snippets you could give us right now? Or
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, I'm trying to think of what, uh, what would be the best example. I think, so there's, there's a, f- a few different companies. So, so for example, one of our customers, Design Pickle, Um, their level of delight, I think is, is, is under promising, over delivering on everything they do. That's kind of where they see their delight. Um, and versus something like Huckle tree, which is the co-working space that we work out of here in London, they, they do kind of random acts of kindness or random acts of, of delight with their, with their, um, member teams. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if someone's working on a weekend and they have the whole team on the weekend, they'll kind of have something waiting for them at their desk on, on a Saturday morning because they know that that team's there every Saturday. Or little things like that where they kind of to go above and beyond the usual, the usual level of what you'd think a co-working space would do, mm-hmm. um, which is usually you know, providing you space and making sure that your space is, is, is up to par. But they go above and beyond and make that that, that little level of, of extra unexpectedness. Um, we've got some cool snippets from like Buffer in there and
0: nice.
1: ConvertKit and a couple of really cool SaaS companies. So it's, I'm excited to get that out.
0: Okay. Yeah. We might have to have you back on to maybe discuss that white paper. You'll have to send it to me and then we can have a, yeah, for a sure. discussion or something. Cause that sounds very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, so email it to me when, yeah, it's, absolutely. when it's all done. Um, all right, and then I, I like to ask this question to everybody, but do you have a definition of customer success?
1: Yeah. So I think the, the common kind of cookie cutter, not cookie cutter, but it's more the more recent understanding of customer success, customer success is, um, when your customers you know, achieve their desired outcome. And that's kind of what a lot of people mention, I think. Um, you know, and that outcome is something like, the, the, re, the thing I like about it is that it's, it's unique to everyone, but the hard part about it is that it's unique to everyone. So it's, it's hard <laughs> to define. Um, every company can have a different outcome, or and I think that involves not only with their product, but with the experience with the team. Um, so I do agree that that desired outcome is what customers are looking for and success. I think for me, kind of formula I've been thinking about is customer experience plus customer delight plus customer advocacy equals customer success. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that whole journey of, of being able to tick off each one of those boxes is what I define as customer success. So somebody who's had a great experience with your product, with a great experience with your team, um, somebody who has, you know, feels delight that they that you've gone above and beyond and they have this relationship with you that they don't have with most other software companies. And then, to the point where they would actually recommend you and be an advocate for you, word of mouth, leaving your views online to the point where you, know, you get those one out of every 10, hopefully you know, even one out of every five customers who just loves you so much that they will sing your praises everywhere, everywhere they go. Um, that for me is customer success is when you have all those things lined up. I think without one of those, you, you kind of, you're missing aspects of it that really take that customer to the next level. So yeah, experience plus delight, plus advocacy equals success.
0: Nice. And one more question actually, because, uh, a customer experience. Okay. So there's the customer experience and customer success and some, you know, what's the difference? How do you define them differently? Um, yeah. How do you define customer experience versus customer success?
1: Yeah. So I think, I think kind of going on the point we were just talking about, I think experience is kind of that, that minimum expected it's, it's it's expected you have, Mm -hmm. here's an example. If you go to a restaurant, um, and the service is great and the food is great. Um, you might go back there again, or you might choose this other place to go to all the time because everything was fantastic. Like the food is always perfect. The service is really personal and, and, and great. Um, the ambiance, everything kind of aligns up really well. I think people expect when they go to a restaurant to have the first option of like the experience is, is good. Um, when the experience is terrible, you'll hear about it. Or they'll, they'll, you know, people will mention that all the time. But when, when, it's, when it's kind of at par, there's no good or bad. And I think when it's amazing is when you hear people praise and then they become advocates. So I think experience is that level of you go into using this software or this tool or working with this company and things are like, you know, expected and and maybe a bit above and beyond that. And I think success is when those other things align that it's, it's gone above and beyond that experience. It's much, much better than what you expected. Um, And then, to the point where you yeah, you want you want to talk about it and tell with people and, and, and recommend it to all your friends.
0: Awesome. Okay, cool. I like that definition.
1: Yeah. That's
0: great. Well, thank you so much. And then yeah, when that white paper is out, I'm very serious. I want it and then we can discuss it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're just designing it up now. I think it should be out in the next couple of days, actually. So we're okay. pretty excited. I think um, customer delight is one of those terms that gets thrown around a lot and there's not a not a real definition. And we actually learned that ourselves when, when Ollie was doing his research, he was like, There's some really great content out there about it, but there's not one place to go to that has mm-hmm. all the information and, and it defines it and how customers or so how companies are, are um, utilizing it. And, and so we're really excited to get it out there because I think a lot of people can, can get a bunch of value from it.
0: Definitely, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And, yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at hello at planhat.com. Again, that's hello at planhat.com. And if you can, please subscribe, please share if you like the episode. Have a great week.